Hey, Jen. Hey, Tina. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Speaking of Racism. Okay, y'all. So this is happening right now. I have Nandi They are on the track with me, although we're not recording an album, but it feels like <laughs> we're in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is what we're starting with. First, I want to talk about our twerk game, and then I want you to tell the people who you are. Fan. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we need to get on the tour game together. Um, I am lazy. And once someone told me that I couldn't dance and it, I took apparently took that to heart oh my and gosh. stopped dancing. I mean, I don't believe, I mean, they probably are right like a little bit, but I used to really enjoy dancing. Oh my gosh. Um, they took that away from you. No, it's me. I won't even blame them because like, I didn't have to let their words have like that power over me, but like, I do enjoy like moving my body and I love music so yeah I need to get on my twerk game you know I can do you know a few I was born and raised in the south so obviously <laughs> like, I grew up like popping is what we used yeah, to call it yeah. when we were little now it's twerking but it was popping yeah like you know I could do a little bit but I find it I I don't know I don't know if it's like my ass I don't know if it's not big enough I don't know if I just don't have the movements right all the time I don't is know it, if I'm is out it of shape the, is, is it the knees you know because it's possibly the Meg, knees the Meg the Stallion really highlighted the uh, uh, athleticism yeah that goes with that right she so, works out heavy too yeah so there's a component about like just like being an athlete right balance agility. <laughs> I don't got it. Let me tell you. So what do you do when you hear juvenile for the nine nine? Because I that mean, you know, I just, you know, the <laughs> classic old school, you know, I don't, I, my knees, you know, I don't have knees like Megan. Megan is young and vibrant. Oh, I'm young too, but I'm not as young as Megan. And, uh, I've, worked standing on my feet for a long time my knees and back are at all right. times like girl that <laughs> no, don't don't do it so i am kind of from louisiana the later part right. of my life louisiana and so louisiana we've got bounce culture right hey. and so a couple like maybe like uh around easter holidays my niece who's nine right we were like come in here girl and we play bounce music and we were like this is a rite of passage and so we were like oh <laughs> so we were so like cute. you gotta learn how to walk it like a dog you know yes <laughs> indoctrinate her this is the kind of indoctrination we support yes this is this is black knowledges it's black I, knowledge yeah i say man so yeah. when, when we are in t together in real life that is what we're gonna do we're gonna portion some time to be like this is our twerk session also we'll be taking thirst traps for the only fans uh that <laughs> will eventually drop or not you know <laughs> okay so beyond needing to be so beyond being a twerk novice tell the people 
who you are, fam, all the amazing things you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm Nandi K, so I'm an artist. I'm a podcaster. I'm a musician. I'm a techie. And I'm, I think these days, instead of an activist, I'm calling myself an anti-racism educator. Um, because even though I don't think that uh, people's minds and hearts are changed by this kind of information, I know that like some that education is like powerful and it's a very powerful tool. And it's I'm passionate about learning. Uh, so that's like something that's important to me that I think like threads through all the things that I do. Uh, and also I'm a queer and I'm a southerner and I'm a non-binary bay. Okay, so. The thing that I want people to know is that Nandi is the host of Black, co-host of Black Friends. I'm actually the main host of Black, I'm the uh, creator and host of Black okay. Friends Center, yeah. Okay, so I, cause you didn't name it and I just wanted to make sure that people connected the dots. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a podcast called Black Friends Center. It's on hiatus right now, but one day I'll get to all these episodes that I recorded and edit them and get them out. Really Thanks. great folks. Um, yeah, the, don't feel bad. I yeah. have a slew of things in queue waiting to be yeah. activated. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So definitely check out the older episodes. You know, um, in the first season, I just had people over to my house. I cooked like dinner and we just like ate dinner, drank, sometimes smoked, and just like, you know, wrapped over like black shit. I've had people like, Hari Ziad, who's the author of Black Boy Out of Time, um, wow. which was really amazing. I met Hari living in New York and Hari's really incredible. Hari was on my first episode. So really cool stuff, really dope folks to check out. And the new season uh, includes some really dope folks, including uh, speaking of racism people like Tina Strawn. Uh, I interviewed Corey Leak, Allie Henney. Yeah. So the next season is also going to be great uh, whenever I get that out. Awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to yeah. like just big up all the things. And for the people who are going to listen to this and not see this, I just want to also say this is the add on that I'm going to put to uh, their bio is that Nandi is just like one of those people that just radiates cool. And before we got on the line, I was like, I'm going to be just dope in association with you mm. like you know some people just have that and you have that fam and i appreciate so, that the cool radiation right so we're in the month of june yeah. this episode is going to air in june and so let's start with what does the month of june mean to you as all the things you encompass on a regular day basis yeah i think um I grew up in Florida, so I love the summer. So like June to me is like the beginning of summer. I love summer. Um, June is also like, uh, obviously like Juneteenth. I think about like being outside and I think about June and I think also about like barbecues. And I think about, you know, black people just looking beautiful because the sun is out, bronzing mm -hmm. us up, kissing us, telling us that we're loved by the earth. You know, yeah. we're not getting all burnt up like some people. And I love like the, I love June because like summer is just like what a I don't know how to explain it, but like it's like the air is like electric in the summer. Everybody is going to be out. And I also lived in New York City for 10 years and like 
summer in New York is amazing. It's like shows everywhere. All the beautiful people are out wearing not 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 wearing any clothes. It's pride to all the gays are out looking good. Yeah, I love June, the month of June, because summer is just my shit, you know, like it's the yeah. vibe. Okay. Um it's interesting too because I feel like June like encompasses a lot. It's like Black Music Month. Right. Pride Month. You know, you mentioned Juneteenth. And so it feels like this opportunity just to celebrate all the damn time. Yeah, I do feel like June feels like super, super celebratory, even like I think some like personal things for me is like I think I released one of my my first EP as a musician in June, like five or six years ago. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's like it it is a reason there is does seem like there's always something going on to celebrate outside of like people's birthdays in the summer. And like, I think because it feels like summer vacation, people are like going on trips. I feel like I'm always connecting and uh, meeting new people in the summer too, which is super fun. Uh, Yeah, I love it. Everything is coming alive. I think people are having a good time in June, you know? Yeah, and we need that. We need joy. Mm. Um, And speaking of joy, how would, like I said, Pride is doing June. And so how would you, if you had to define Black pride, right? Mm. What does that entail? What does that mean? Um, I also wanted to put a side note, you know, I've heard some people say, well, calling it Black pride is still like taking the focus off of the the larger LGBT, LGBT plus community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so do you have any thoughts around that like I mean that aside is not important but I'm just saying like that some people have said don't call it black pride because that's taking everybody else out of the conversation I mean I don't I'm not really concerned about everyone else I'm black so I worry about me and my black business so like that part I don't know if I would say like because also when I think of pride on its own to me that's white right like to me pride on its own is white like when people say lgbtq community like i don't know if i've ever said like i'm lgbtq like i identify as queer and i don't even in the lgbtqia plus community there's hella racism there's hell like the same problems we all live in the same society so like the same problems exist so there's racism in the community like there's heteronormativity in the community there's like transphobia in the community just like anywhere else so like when I think about pride itself like to me that's why in this in its commercialization that is white because I'm not talking about the Stonewall riots right like people talk about like pride and it's like and people say like oh don't forget pride was a riot no a riot was a riot (laughs) and then y'all turn that into a holiday so that we could like you know celebrate our ancestors and our elders who like stood up for us to be able to have these very what are now very commercialized uh parades and there's all these you know rainbow things and like 
I like to buy some rainbow shit sometimes, you know. I like to show that I'm queer. I'm very out about being queer and I love being black. But I do think that like black pride, like we have black pride events. Like that's a thing. Like people do have black prides of where it's like black queer folks and black LGBTQ folks. Um, so I don't know. I I don't see there's black queer people like people exist at all these intersections. And so uh, just this past weekend, actually, Layla Hathaway like po- made a comment on Twitter that it seems after she explained was just kind of like a miscommunication, I guess. But she made a thing about how like it's the prideiest Juneteenth. And it's like, sis, Black queer people exist. Layla. And like she was saying that it Love was she, Layla, you know, but it's like, damn, you know, it's I mean, like I love Layla Hathaway. I'm a huge Johnny Hathaway fan. And like, honestly, I thought Layla Hathaway was queer. She did explain later that what she meant was like the commercialization of Pride and Juneteenth and all this has like gotten out of hand and you don't have to combine them. But like for me, I exist at those intersections. Like uh, I like a pride Juneteenth. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna be extra gay, like at uh, the Juneteenth celebration, extra, you know. Extra black, like put it put it on like level 10. Yeah, exactly. So it's interesting. Like, I don't know. I think that like because I go to black stuff sometimes and it's like very homophobic vibes, you know, and like sometimes I go to queer stuff, gay stuff. I don't want to say queer because I also think queer is a politic and too many people are like adopting queer as like a only a sexuality or only yeah. a gender identity, but like it's really a politic just because you gay that don't make you queer. Um, um, and say that again for the audience. Listen, right? just because you're gay, it doesn't mean you're queer. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and so I've been to a lot of like LGBTQ events that are hella racist. So it's like, I mean, I exist at both of these intersections and I just be wanting to like be w- where my people are at with my people where I feel safe. So mm-hmm. like for me, what is Black Pride? Like for me, Black Pride is just being like loud and proud and out about who I am. Like I love being Black I cannot imagine not being black. I cannot imagine not being queer. I cannot imagine like this. This is me. Like this is like all of the richness that I am. And so like, I can't imagine not being any of those things. And it's so interesting. You said that just prior this, like a singular can seem very like whitewashed, you know, or even because so much of the roots of the, the storytelling and the resistance is happening by black and brown people early on, right? right. Um, I'm, and th- that's me sounding like a cis head, like, oh, I know this random fact. Now I'm sounding like the white people in the anti-racism <laughs> community. Like, I heard that the black people crossed the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so that's me with my little fragile cis headness. Like, I heard that, you know, the black and brown people, but honestly, yeah. dead ass. Like that is a part of the origin story that people are now starting to recover. Like, wait a second, hold on a second. Let's talk about who was really on the ground. The facts. 
And that is yeah, because here's the thing: white people can do whatever they want to do in secret, right? Like white Mm. people wanted to have their secret gay clubs where black gays weren't allowed. People didn't bust them hoes up. They did from time to time, but you had to really like have made somebody upset. Like we're talking about like if it weren't for black trans women, like white gays couldn't be fucking gay. Like we made the way for you to be gay. Like if no one threw that brick, if that if that person didn't throw a brick, if they didn't say like, I'm tired of this, I'm fed up. If that woman being arrested who got beat over the head that time and said, somebody do something. If instead of doing that, she just would have been quiet. Who knows? Stonewall might not have even happened, but it's because like black and brown people were tired, exhausted of the uh, uh, the the unprecedented harassment that we received at the hands of police while we just trying to live our lives. So, you know, thank you. You're welcome. White gays, <laughs> uh, black trans women are, as you can see, they're letting you enjoy the rights that they fucking fought for that. They barely even have. Now they're letting you enjoy them shits. They didn't restrict you from enjoying them, even though you didn't include them ever. So you're welcome, white gays, for pride. You're welcome, white gays, for your freedom to be fucking gay in public because some black people fucking stood up. Some black and brown people said no more. You're fucking welcome. So this is a spoiler alert. Um, and I'm trying to get my dog all the way together. This is a spoiler alert, which is like, I'm going to create a website and it's going to be like, we did that too right mm-hmm. because you're, you're you're schooling people on that's some shit that we did that I we mean, don't get credit for we did right? everything in this country tbh like there's nothing that we didn't do so you know what <laughs> i'm gonna say this on we didn't on drop bombs on neighborhoods i just like we yeah. didn't do that like we didn't bring we didn't bring cocaine to the hood either we didn't none of it. that president did that that's who did that part. yeah that's the government white people white supremacy yeah um I'm going to say this out loud. Hopefully Tina and them don't get sued for libel for this. Tina's saying this. This is not reflecting Tina Strong or the Speaking of Racism. Speaking of Racism podcast. You know, this Tina Reed, this Tina Reed. But I'm convinced that most of the greatest things. You think Jeff Bezos really created Amazon? No, he definitely stole that from someone. Definitely an idea. Absolutely. I mean, it's just like Eli Whitney and the Cotton Gin, Jack Daniels bourbon. Like it's what we need to start doing is when we frame these origin stories, we need to be like, who is the owner of the deal of owner of the idea versus like the, who had the means of production? Because those, those are two different copies. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, I mean, that, Alexander, who else didn't invent who who got um who invented electricity? He ain't invented electricity. Graham Bell. Graham he ain't Bell. invented electricity. A black man invented electricity. I mean, the light bulb, and then. He couldn't afford the patent. This is what I'm saying. Access. Of, yep. Access means of production. And so yeah. to, to kind of make, I guess, a metaphor there is the power that white people have in this country allow them to take that queer agenda and move it in spaces that black and brown people couldn't do. Mm. But that doesn't mean that they were at the origin story nope. of so much of those critical conversations. Absolutely. I completely That's- agree. And that's what we have to learn how to like differentiate between like, did you make this shit 
or were you able to, to be a maker or a I reproducer mean, you know i mean these white hoes making bonnets now so i think we all know the answer to that i can't do it okay so you talk about your first ep yeah tell us about your music tell us about your sound tell yeah, us about yeah. your rave uh because nandi does that shit too y'all happy doing music or whatever yeah so um i released the ep like five years ago 2016 um it's called the 90 j ep i produced it with my really good friend jesse lee who's a korean american producer um we're very good friends and i'm just finished uh my another ep that should be coming out in the next few weeks uh, sometime in july i think that's going to be called the riot ep um i have like as an artist my like my grounding uh medium is music um i've been singing for like my whole life both my parents are musicians in some capacity and uh i grew up in church my mom was like a minister of music uh, a lot of for most of my life so like my musical foundation really is like in gospel and uh then I would say like neo soul R&B uh I make whatever I fucking want um <laughs> I I before I think I would say I say that like what I make if I had to like classify it would be like electronic R&B alternative R&B but I think it's like hard to genre yourself. And I also think like genres don't really matter. Um, and so like I, I, I make music for me. Um, and so I don't have to worry about like what genre it is. I, I don't worry about selling my music. I just make it because uh, I, if I don't, I'll die. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I write, I sing. I have a great band uh, and just, I know a lot of musicians who've influenced me over the years. As so I'll say, my first project, uh, the 90J project, was definitely more electronic R&B. I think the internet, Sid the Kid, kind of that vibe. Um, this new record that's coming out, um, it's a lot. Um, I did a Andre Henry cover, which I'm super excited about. Um, shout out to the fam, Andre Henry, my boo. Um, it doesn't and, have to be this way no I'm it's gonna... not it doesn't have to be this way but shout out to that remix that just came out too um I did a cover of people of the world which was came out maybe That's last cool. year now uh oh. yes yeah so we did that and then uh, I'm trying some like new stuff I think when I was writing stuff which was last summer uh a lot of shit was going on so obviously like the world was on fire we're like in a pandemic like people are getting murdered every day um and also hamilton came out so i was like really influenced by hamilton like hamilton was really inspiring for me like I love music. I love musical theater. Also, like when I was growing up, I thought I wanted to be like a Broadway singer. Uh, Stop, though, because you can't. Shout out to Ileana, who has had some major conversations around Hamilton. Yeah, Hamilton is the devil, I, but that doesn't mean that the music it. is not good, right? And so, I, like, I, I was just going to say, you can't yeah. mention Hamilton with me without at least like busting out a verse or like hitting a chorus 
because um, I'm like, dang, what do I even I, like? Because I stayed for that soundtrack. I so mean, hard. I love that soundtrack so bad, so much. Um, I'm going to probably listen to it to like make my day better. Yeah. So Hamilton was like really inspiring for a couple reasons. So first, um, I just thought that it was so the songwriting was so brilliant. The music was so brilliant. The like tools that Lin-Manuel Miranda used to like make musical theater into this like pop culture, like sensation, AKA like he really leaned into pop music uh, when he was making it and got a lot of like pop influential people's ears on it, which I think really like led to like the success of it because it's super catchy. I mean, like you cannot get those songs out of your head. Yeah, once you start with, they call him Alexander Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, because when you said, like, bust the first, the first thing I think about is, like, I'm going to get a scholarship to King College. I don't mean to brag, but that guy, amazing, astonished. I've had, like, I got a lot of brains with no polish. I'd rather holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge. I'm the shaman in the rough. A shining piece of coal, unimpeachable. My power of speech, unimpeachable. You know, like, First of all, Lemon, if Lemon Well Miranda can rap, I can fucking rap, right? So like it's I wanted I wanted to rap for so long, but I never felt like confident enough to rap. Uh but then I saw Hamilton and I was like, oh, <laughs> like if they can rap, like I could fucking rap. When I was 16, because again, I lived part of my so I grew up in the Bronx. Right. And then we moved to Louisiana. So there was this moment, there's uh, a huge like Houston influence in yeah. Louisiana hip hop. So when I was 16, I thought I was a rapper and I would be like, I didn't came down. I didn't came through. All of my freestyles started with those two lines. And yes, Hamilton makes you feel like, yeah, Drake, hit your girl up. I could be on a 16 with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And so basically like when I started make, writing stuff, um so basically I was like I'm gonna put together I had been wanting to put together a band and um I was planning on doing it at the beginning of 2020 when I had like I was supposed to get a promotion at my job then and like I would have like a little bit more money so I could pay my musicians and then that didn't happen uh but I have great friends and we started the band anyway um and like I would just I have like ideas and I'll like record them as a voice note so I had an idea once I sent it to the guys was like, what do y'all think? Um, and it like everything was coming out as rap because like, I was listening to Hamilton all the time, uh, like every day. I probably listened to that soundtrack for four, three or four months straight where I didn't listen to anything else, um, basically until I learned all the words to all the songs. Um, but yeah, everything started coming out as rap. And I also just think like rap and like punk and like, I mean, black people originated uh, you, music in the United States, like all music that is came, came from us. Um, and so my drummer is in a rock band. He's black. And like his band is like a blues rock band. And I was very inspired by them when I was like working on stuff. You know, I have like a lot of people around me who are just dope, who I can draw inspiration from. So everything I think on this album, there's a song called Riot, another song called Fuck 12. So that's very much uh, the energy. My, I sent it to my friend to listen to today just to like get his opinion. And he was like, I guess the re he said, who said the revolution can't have a vibe? <laughs> 
So I guess that's the vibe. Yeah. So we're getting hip hop naughty this time around. Like we we're getting you. I rap- think you're getting. I think even hip hop is like a. I don't know. I want to see what people think um, when they hear it. We're it's definitely a trap inspired. I definitely am rapping a, a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that absolutely. Awesome. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I love the idea of fusion. And mm-hmm. I think it's so fitting because like you mentioned earlier to your point about having an intersectional identity. Yeah. Right? Like, we realize that binaries are false products of white colonial federalism and so like living in that liminal space music lives there too so it Mm -hmm. just sounds super super exciting yeah Um, yeah i'm excited about it uh what's the last set of lyrics you wrote can you remember Mm, okay so i think the last thing i wrote was uh for the ep was when the uh thing everything happened on january 6th um at the capitol uh i was like that day i was working (laughs) i was like at home here in my house i was about to go to therapy and like i get on facebook and my friend is like turn on cnn right now and that's when i saw everything happen uh at the capitol and i got on the phone with my therapist and my therapist didn't know what was going on so then we spent like 10 minutes talking about it and I was just like shook like how the fuck can this be happening and then I wrote this verse that we ended up adding to a song called Riot as like a part two but um I could just do a little bit of it the first what I wrote was like uh it's like well out of rubber bullet set AKs may spray riot, get hold them back. Coincidence, white supremacists, what's the difference between BLM and MAGA has? Man, I ain't got an answer that you see it, you know it. The whistle, they blow it. The colors, they show them, they back the blue and they roll with them. Wondering where are the cops? Proud boys are scaling and climbing. You never asking for Hannah at the same time as Miley, right? Yeah. That was a tweet that was going around also during that. Um. Uh, oh, my goodness. I feel like we got some like, what do you call it? When somebody gets it first, we heard it here first. <laughs> 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 no shit, no shit, no shit. Yeah, but I like I was very mad that day. Like that day was very enraging. I couldn't believe, you know how I couldn't believe how that shit was playing out and I wrote about it and I sent it to the band and they said I was like what should we do like should we make a new a whole new song like what's up and we were like nah why don't we just add it to this other song called Riot and so it's just like a part two of a song that already kind of has that kind of energy so that's like one of the records I'm most excited about um well I'm excited about it too and just because we're bringing it up, I, I've made a like a, a silent vow to myself that anytime someone talks about January 6th, mm-hmm. the great insurrection, I always want to name that as an anti-Black moment. Mm-hmm. Because the way people frame that is like, they were attacking democracy. I mean, it's that and. It was also hella anti-Black. Were they it, attacking democracy, though? Because where's the democracy first? I want to first see the democracy that they're attacking. I've never seen it. I 
haven't either. I've yet to see democracy. I mean, it, democracy must be where normal is. Like maybe they're together. Yeah, they're somewhere because also someone I never seen normal. Mm, I don't know yeah. neither one of them. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're talking about liminal spaces living in the gray. Where are the gaps in our current understandings about race and sexuality? And I realize that's a heavy ass question. Oh, yeah. And so however you want to like come at it or you could just curb it back and be like, Kina, you're doing the most on the podcast. But like, no, I, I think that's a great question. I think. So I'm black, so I can only speak to being black. Right. So one thing that is like very hard that I see so often is like people be like, but are you black first or are you gay first? Right. This is like, I and mean, like, I just, gross, by the way. Yeah. That's I want to just preface this with also that black people are not more homophobic than anyone. It's just, I only care about black people because that's who I deal with. Like, also white people are homophobic as fuck everyone is generally homophobic so I just want to like start with that I think all of y'all are fucking homophobic and I'm probably homophobic as well because like it's hard for us to like it's a daily practice to unlearn all these things so it's not like any of us will ever get to like a starting point yeah but I don't is so violent absolutely and heteronormativity is still prevalent in gay communities because people still want power people still want privilege and that they have their ways of getting that by things like adhering to heteronormative standards like gay people but one being the woman in the relationship even though there might be two women or there might be two men you know like that's a big pressure um but like i hate that I feel like people always want you to like choose an identity um, and that people really do ignore people that sit at all these intersections of like being trans, being queer in sexuality and gender, um, being poor, being disabled, being a woman, being like, you don't get to choose which of those things that you are like they just kind of like happen and you don't get to like you know value like you don't get to like hold and value certain parts of your identity above others that's not how it works like we're one person you can't like we can't break each other up around that and so I wish people would stop trying to make and it's the binary right it's the binary that creates all these issues where people feel like you have to be one or the other you can't be both and and really like life is very much both and very much gray very much no and also you know like it's both and no and also like it so uh that's very frustrating um to feel like people are constantly asking you to choose um and even just like gender identity um people just like refusing to uh acknowledge who you want to be like for example pronouns main thing like I can't tell you how often people fuck my pronouns up people that I've known for years people that I've known a long time since before I use they pronouns but you know it's also been like five years now it's like four years now five years now like y'all gotta get it you can't just like go by what you see like I posted a status recently and I was like if you like me you're gay 
Right. And I think like it's important because I when if a cishet man likes me, I don't want him to think that he's like cishet still. <laughs> like if you like me, it, I'm not a woman. So like as much as I am, I'm also not. I'm a woman and a man, or I'm neither, or I'm somewhere in between. Um, and so like if you're a cishet man and you like me, you might not be cishet. And if you are saying that and maintaining that you're cishet, you might want to also check how you're not acknowledging me and my identity, right? And so like things look like that too, where it's like people might say all your pronouns right, but like a cishet man is like, oh yeah, I will fuck them. Because, and they're ex- and saying I'm cishet because they're experiencing you as a woman regardless as, as they want you to be. And so I'm just tired of that. I think that's like a big gap. Also, like, I'm just tired of like the, the sexuality, gender conversation of like, I'm tired of that. Like, y'all need to know the difference by now that there are trans people who are straight. You can still be heterosexual and be queer as well. Like, there's so many like it's these intersections like nothing is black and white and I just wish people would kind of like let that shit lie and I just want to say from the cishet position like totally affirm and big not that you need me to affirm all that but big up the fact that we're uncomfortable moving beyond the binaries because that's not our lived experience and so that's where you know, people talk a lot about white fragility, but cishet fragility is real too. You know what I'm saying? And violent. Yeah, and violent. Thank you. Violent, destructive, mm-hmm. toxic, all those things. And so I just felt like, you know, just wanting to big that up that, yeah, we are struggling because it's not our embodied experience. And so wanting to name that, that fragility is out there. And like you said, it is violent. And we need yeah, to Yeah, I think that's up. also interesting too, because like, I bet any queer person that you talk to can like relate to being a cishet person. Like there was a period in my life where I was like a cishet presenting person. Like, and so like, it's not, I don't think that that's like, I think that that's like, it's just like white people make excuses. (laughs) Like it's like, oh, well, I don't understand because I've never lived it. But why is your goal to like understand? Why isn't your goal to, I don't know, respect people as they want to live their lives? Why isn't your goal to mind your business and the business that pays you instead of being like, well, I can't understand because I haven't experienced that. Like it has nothing to do with whether it's your lived experience or not. You're not going to have the same lived experiences as anybody. Like our experiences are completely unique. And so like, People, I just like want to challenge all cishet people because it's not an excuse just because it's not your life that you can't like understand respecting people, that you can't understand minding your business. Because like people talk about the gay agenda, but like what about the cishet agenda? That part. Because that shit's been trying to wear me down for my whole fucking life. Didn't make me straight though. Like, it didn't make me straight. 
And that like gay shit doesn't make people gay. It just opens you up to the possibilities of knowing what is out there. Like, you know, life is going to continue to life. Gay people have been around since the dawn of time, honey. Yeah. And we'll outlast you all. (laughs) (laughs) But also, what does it mean to give honor to people? Um, Because they're people. Right. Literally. That's what I'm saying. Like, why do you have to understand my lifestyle to respect me, to 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 respect that I'm a person on this earth just like you? Like, why do we need to relate any more than that? Than like, you're a living, breathing human being and I'm a living, breathing human being. Like, what more does there need to be? That's what violent systems do, right? They they give us this coding that people have to earn humanity and they have to earn honor. And I'm like, bullshit, 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 bullshit. Like, nope, cancel all of that. No yeah. one has to earn the honor of humanity. It's given freely and without policing. Thank you for giving us your truth. And I just wanted to like name how sacred that is. Thank you. You know, uh, it's like really important. I think that like this world it doesn't want us capitalism it don't want us to be ourselves it doesn't want to live in like our want us to live in our fullness and like I I just can't imagine living any other way I had this real deep conversation with my brother recently about just like us growing up and like one of the things that he said that he like took with him from us growing up and we grew up with a super, my mom is hella abusive. We don't speak anymore. And um, he was like, you know, you were so individualistic and what like I got was that like, you was gonna be you and like, she couldn't beat it out of you either, you know? And like, that shit is rough. (laughs) like being yourself living in like your fullness in a world that wants you to just do what they say it it can wear on you but I wouldn't want to be any other way like I cannot imagine living under like the scrutiny of anyone else's approval but mine the people and honestly the people I care about yes I want them to like approve of me but like if they don't that's also fucking fine you know like different strokes like all that matters is that you respect me as a human being at the end of the day that's literally all I ask for you don't have to kiss my ass you just gotta respect me I feel like that's a good segue to our last question here which is what are the lessons that we need right now and I'm hearing you say that humanity given not earned Mm. right respect me as a human off top no questions no questions Uh, right but yeah what are what other lessons can you speak to in this moment when people listen to this and i think they're going to be wild because first of all nandi you you hit us with the lyrics you sung (laughs) you kind of twerked they didn't see the twerking i saw it i saw it um that's the exclusive you know sign up for the only fans i'm just playing no only fans a uh, cash app, cash app, Venmo. Um, but right. what lessons do you want the speaking of racism listeners to walk away from this episode with? <sighs> I think that I want people to be more open to 
listen like honestly if it's not your experience shut the fuck up like don't speak over people when they're talking especially like within this whole uh advocates allies kind of world you know um like please like listen don't talk just listen if you don't know something it's okay like it's okay not to know things I need that lesson for myself it's okay that you don't know everything nobody knows everything perfectionism is a symptom of white supremacy like don't get stopped don't get your progress impeded because of a white supremacist characteristic of perfection that does not exist none of us will get it perfect but we are all imperfect and if you're trying you'll get there period like if the effort is there we will see the results that's it if the effort is not there we won't see results and also make sure black people are checking you make sure queer people are checking you if you're not in these communities especially cishet people because i also have been finding that people who are cishet who are adjacent to queer people they don't realize that queer people don't see them as somebody safe but they consider themselves as somebody safe right and so like just remember like you need to always be like checking the pulse of of the people who are on the margins because at the end of the day if the least of us are taken care of none of us have anything to worry about and so that's who we need to be focused on and some of y'all might have to give up some shit that doesn't fucking belong to you anyway that was given to you through privilege and through oppression of others who don't fit into that it doesn't belong to you you're gonna have to give it up if we really want everybody to be free some of y'all gonna have to be a lot more uncomfortable than y'all are right now mandy i just what is it okay if i speak into that first yeah absolutely please that's something that i've been naming to right for myself and for others is this trickle down system we have is some bullshit and so if i live in a world where my advocacy and my education and my labor my effort and my financial support all lends itself to black trans women mm -hmm. being safe then we all good up in this bit period literally like period if all black trans women are taken care of like what a world what a fucking world i want that's the world i want to live in i always joke and say we need like 12 <laughs> just get 12 old black aunties child i don't know some of them they we got they got to take a test how old are they child listen <laughs> as long as they have young friends but it's the same thing it's like everybody needs to be around people who are different from them if yeah. you're older and you don't have no people in your life that's younger than you you need to have some people around you that's a little bit younger so you don't start getting um stale so you, so you know what the young people is doing on a tiktok yo the young people are hella inspiring like i would say probably like my style much more aligns with people who are like 
I think it's called like the e-girl, e-boy style. Like that's very much my vibe uh, in real life though. Not just like, apparently the youngers, they just do this in their room. Uh, but I go outside with my clothes on. Um, but yeah, I know what the young people are doing. They're super inspiring. A lot of them, they don't take no shit. Um, and I fuck with that energy. Like they shouldn't be taking shit. We tired of that shit, you know? It's I'm here tired. for the young people. Young people, the children are our future. That's what Whitney said. I truly believe that. If the if the children are good, the village is too. Kale. Mm, so listen, I want to end this with a line from one of my favorite philosophers. Yes. That goes by the name of Sean Carter. And it says, you could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with me. And oh. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, R.I.P. Sean Carter, the billionaire. We don't fuck, we don't like billionaires around here. Um, oh, but she did went, have some great wait, lyrics. He hit the billionaire mark. Yeah, he became a billionaire a few years ago. Yeah, you late. I know. I know. It's a shame. He you a can't be. You can't be an ethical billionaire. No, you cannot. But you should see all the people defending him to the grave. Those black capitalists, that is not the episode we're on right now. That's a whole other conversation. Jay-Z is a Sagittarius, though, so I rock with that. Oh, my gosh. I'm a Sagittarius. Oh, me too. When's your birthday? Oh, my gosh. December 5th. What? I'm the 12th. Okay, we need to figure out when to align for our birthday twerking. And you know what? I'm doing the legacy trip for my birthday this year. It's the legacy hey, trip in Alabama you- somewhere. Okay, we're, I'm going to officially say thank you and shout out to Tina and yes. shout out to Speaking of Racism and shout out to the Legacy Trip. What month are you doing that? That is December 10th through the 12th. All right. Where can the people find you? Like they want to be connected to your yeah. music, the podcast. Where do they find your work? Yeah, you can. Work? Yeah, you can find me on all platforms. Non-DK at Nandi K-A-Y-Y-Y on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can also find me on SoundCloud and Bandcamp as Nandi K. And you can find my podcast, Black Friends Dinner, uh, anywhere you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music. You are awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you to Grapes for the music. The song is I Don't Know.